Roll the bones Let's see how far our money goes Spin me round Who knows when our good luck runs out Three and roll the bones. Good morning, it's 12 minutes past 10. Join me on Facebook Live if you can, if you'd like to, because that is where right now we're going to say hi to Steve Vines for the last one or two before Christmas. Hello, Steve, how's it going? Good morning, going, yeah, it, it definitely is. <laughs> it went. Can I say that? Ho, ho, ho. I can all, I've yeah. been bigging you up morning, saying, oh, Steve's going to be full of joy and felicitations and yeah, stuff. Well, of course you're not. That's so my speciality. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Steve? What's going on? Vaccines is probably a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, here we go again. Here we go again. So we've, we've now been told by the CNO chief executive in name only that we mustn't politicise this vaccine business. This is the woman who used the coronavirus as an excuse to postpone elections to ban all political rallies. And remember, because people seem to have forgotten this, that she also used it as an excuse to do one of these completely idiotic displays of patriotic flag waving at the early stages of the crisis by bringing in all these mainland specialists to do, well, that's right, we were never told actually why they were here or what they were doing. Mm. But there were lots of flags waving all over the place and lots of speeches by the CNO about how we appreciate the help from the mainland and we couldn't get on without it and you know nothing's been better since sliced bread but you know yes point is Steve people do get on without it I think we're used to a lot of things that we're told and we read etc but uh, you know life does go on and people have to people aren't well life goes on but all I'm saying is that you can't on the one hand go around shouting about, don't politicise it, don't politicise it, sure, sure. and then do your very best to do the opposite. Where does politicising draw the line with having an opinion of our own? That does make me curious. Well, indeed, where is that line? I don't know. But the fact of the matter is 
that we're, we're, we're now getting to, and this is not just in Hong Kong, but this is universally, we're now getting to a stage where there's a very good and imminent possibility mm. of a working vaccine. Now, in the rest of the world, where people are allowed to freely express their opinions, we know that the vaccines that have been applied in Britain, in the United States, for example, these have gone through the third phase of their test. Signed off, right? Ready they're, to go. They're signed off. And more importantly, there is publicly available data to demonstrate that these vaccines don't have significant side effects and are effective in combating the virus. Okay. Now, the CINO says that Hong Kong, on the contrary, mustn't have any of these proven vaccines. We must wait for the Sinovac, that's the name of the company, the Sinovac vaccine, um, which, oh, that's right, hasn't gone through the third phase of its testing process. And it's now being said that they may or may not release some results on 23rd of December. Well, we're speaking on the 17th of December. We don't know what that will contain. But the fact is, this is, at the moment, as far as the so-called scientific evidence is concerned, this is an unproven vaccine. It's a vaccine that shows potential, thank goodness, but it's an unproven vaccine. Then you come to the second source of vaccines that were ordered by the administration, and you think, well, you know, that's good. They've got a backup. Why was it, if there is no problem with vaccines coming from the mainland, that the government glibly announced that its second um, big purchase of vaccines was from a German company. It isn't. It's from a Sino-German joint venture. This has now been admitted by the administration. Well, if there's no problem with the source of the vaccines being the mainland, why, why did they try and disguise it to begin with? My goodness me, the questions mount and mount. Then you have the whole question of the company which produces um, the vaccine, produces the Sinovac. Now, this is a company that's, I think I put it rather mildly, is a bit controversial. We've had um, a very high-profile case, which was revealed recently in the Washington Post, needless yep. to say, not revealed in mainland media, of a state regulator being jailed for 10 years for corruption after receiving money from this company to speed up vaccine approvals right. over a 10-year period. This was followed. Oh, incidentally, the chairman and the CEO and founder of Sinovac was absolved of all blame. So apparently the bribe must have come from uh, Mars or Guatemala or something. The year after this case was concluded, that's 2017, the same company was found to have bribed officials in the Guangdong hospital system to take supplies of a anti-hepatitis A vaccine. So, you know, there's a bit of a problem with this company. When we're told we don't understand these things, Steve, I now agree because I didn't know any of that. And the story you've just been telling me is really complicated, but it's unless you're a journal and you do some digging, I wouldn't know. You, 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 have, to, you have to look into it. But all, all I'm saying is this is these vaccine programs only work when they're universal. It's no good vaccinating, you know, a couple of thousand people. That doesn't kill the virus. 
It needs to be adopted by the majority of any given population. <coughs> and if people do not have confidence in the vaccine or in the company producing it, are they going to rush out and get that vaccine? Well, I think that's an open question. I really do. And the fact that some numpties in LegCo yesterday stood up and said, let's bribe everybody to take the vaccine. Let's give them $5,000. Um, I want to mention that for a second because um, Andrew, Wo Andrew Work brought that up on Batchat yesterday morning because obviously this topic keeps coming back. He explained it pretty, yeah, sure. he explained it pretty well. He said basically um, it's not quite that. He said that... Uh, if people have jobs where if they got sick, they really would not get paid. Uh, that's... Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, this is a different, you're, 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 oh, I'm back you're, on... you're completing, that's a different thing. Point one so oh. there's already a scheme for that. Okay, for right. This, if you've not, this is a new suggestion that came up in LegCo yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, based on that, but it is based on that scheme saying, oh, if we pay people money, if they get sick, why not pay them for taking the virus? This is the bonkers logic of it. And the interesting thing about that is in responding, the government didn't seem particularly keen on it, but in responding, the government actually admitted for the first time in public, as far as I know, that their bonkers and completely cack-handed attempt at a universal testing exercise, which you remember didn't work last month, although they said it had been highly successful, they're now saying, oh, that won't work because the other thing didn't work. That was the thing that they'd already said was highly successful. I'm getting confused. Well, <coughs> keep up. Yeah. Keep up. It's very difficult. No wonder people are confused. But the bottom line here is that none of this works unless there is confidence and credibility. Everything this government does points in the direction of diminishing confidence and eroding credibility. And on this issue, we have to keep saying to ourselves, but why, Steve? Because people don't trust them. Yeah, yeah, that's they right. don't trust them to tell the truth. And when it comes to matters to do with your family's lives, your kids, everybody uses that, uh, that example all the time. Would you stick one of your kids with this stuff? I mean, that's a big question. Yeah. Big question. Exactly, exactly. And if you know, for example, that the vaccine that's proposed for Hong Kong has... has been banned by the Brazilian government, which incidentally is a big ally of the PRC, you say, oh, it's not good enough for Brazilians, but it is good enough for us. I don't know. I think, you know, can I just say, as far as I know, because I know nothing to the contrary, this vaccine may well be effective. The, That's the, the point. I That's just don't know that. The point, yeah. But nobody else does. That's, I mean, <clears throat> if the government says that we're only concerned with the scientific evidence and we're only concerned with that and we're only concerned with the medical aspect of this, surely, surely they would have gone out and sourced some non-mainland supplies of a vaccine that's been proved in other jurisdictions. If that was so, why hasn't that been done? We don't know what the parameters were for this. We don't know what the, the orders were, to be honest, do we? What we do know, though, is that, that we have an administration that, that, that quivers at the thought that somebody in Beijing may say that they're lacking in patriotism, lacking in national fervour, and have gone to um, blank, blank foreigners to, to get a vaccine when there was a perfectly good one available from the mainland. That's what we do know. 
And that's why this has been politicized by the very person who says, don't politicize the whole issue of vaccines. So there we are, there we are. We're in a situation where there is a, a tantalizing prospect of getting on top of this coronavirus. And my goodness, aren't we all fed up to the what's-its with yeah. it? And it looks as though Sino and the Muppets have every possibility of messing it up. I find that intensely depressing. Things take on a different level when it comes to health, when it comes to this kind of health, doesn't it? It's all very well. We've you know, used the word politicising a lot here, etc. But... You know, when it comes to sometimes life and death situations, then I think people's true leanings come out. They absolutely do. And, you know, the, the fact is that even though, um, again, the Sino and the Muppets say that they will be first in line to receive this vaccine, I really wonder whether the majority of people in Hong Kong, particularly those with money, because it comes down to money, will be so keen to be inoculated with the Sinovac and won't wait to get some other form of surprise. And that may be surprise. And that may take a very long time in Hong Kong because the government is very disinclined to have any vaccine available here, which is not from the mainland. I want to say hello to Colin, who's just written us a brilliant message. Sorry, Steve. He said, Steve, with all the brain power we have in Hong Kong, why did Hong Kong not produce their own vaccine? I, you know, we don't have a big pharma industry here, I think is the well, answer we have to that. I, I'm, brains, don't we? You know, I'm a, I'm a tremendous admirer of Hong Kong brain power, but we don't have a kind of scaled up pharma industry, which is anything like the, the size of Pfizer or Astra, AstraZeneca. You know, I think that's the answer to that. I, you know, fair question. Though. Incidentally, just in case anybody has forgotten, in Hong Kong universities, um, there have been a number of, they're not perhaps major breakthroughs, but there have been a number of very interesting developments <coughs> which have universal application on the testing side of this um, coronavirus thing. So it's not true to say that, that Hong Kong specialists have been sitting idle during the pandemic. They've actually been working very hard and they have come up with some very useful results. So but this maybe is not in terms of vaccine. This is massive. But other things. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very yeah. much, Colin. Um, so Alvin, he says many medical reports show that the vaccine is not stable and completely optional. G uh, give us a bit more on what you mean by that, Alvin. If you want to get in touch, we're on Facebook Live. Morning Brew is the page, Steve. And th there's another aspect of all of this. I mean, when we come to the, the crucial business of who is looking after people in Hong Kong, brackets, that should be the government, we see that, again, the dismal and appalling pattern that we saw during the SARS crisis, which, after all, wasn't that long ago, it's, it's less than two decades ago, yeah. where you had infection spreading in shoddily constructed um, apartment blocks, is happening again here in Hong Kong, big time. And it's happening by morbid coincidence in the same areas that we saw those problems occurring during the SARS crisis. So again, you have to ask yourself, while the government is hell-bent on flushing squillions of dollars down the drain with, with um, reclaiming Lantau for new housing and all the rest of it, 
why hasn't more money been put into elementary public hygiene precautionary measures within housing estates? It's not as if we don't know that they're a cause of contamination. It's not as if we don't know that there are problems in these areas. So if a fraction, I'm not talking about all of it, a fraction of the money they want to flush down the loo on um, you know, bridges to nowhere, housing developments here, you know, high-tech zones between Hong Kong and Shenzhen, if a fraction of that money was spent towards doing something about unsanitary conditions in, in housing estates, I think we'd have a bit of a result, don't you? Yeah, let's get some more comments going here. Bright, good morning. Time for job creation, new farmer hub in Hong Kong. Now, I don't think we'd laugh at that one. We laugh <laughs> at the word hub all the time, don't we? Anyway, um, Kat, interesting. Kat says, I myself would rather pay a bit more to get vaccine from reputable sources. I agree that most Hong Kong people don't trust mainland vaccines and the Hong Kong government, she says on our Facebook page. Pay a bit more. Well, I think pay Kat a bit more. If, I mean, it's, uh, if people can pay a bit more, not everybody yeah, can. can they? I mean... Not, not everybody can, and, and remember that the intention of the government is anyway to distribute the vaccine free. So you either get a free vaccine, which will almost inevitably be a mainland main vaccine, or you find a way of getting another source, which won't be cheap. So again, you know, people with money have more choices. We don't need to stop the press to announce that that's going to happen in Hong Kong. So what's the deal about two swathes of this stuff? I think you mentioned it just now, the European one coming a bit later, the mainland one coming now. Yeah. So what do you think we're going to see in Hong Kong? A big hold off and then a massive bundle for well, the second tranche of this stuff? Yeah, it's a perfectly valid question. Um, the answer is not clear. I mean, yeah. the extraordinary part of the answer is that they're committed to giving priority to introduction of a vaccine that hasn't gone through the full approval process. And they're giving secondary consideration to vaccines that have. If you think that's logical, you also think that the moon is made of cheese. Mm. Simple as that. All right. Then. Well, look, we've got more minutes to come after the news, about a minute away from the news at 10.30. What else is on your list? And do, do suggest some stuff if you want to. I still do have email when I get to it, so I'll have a look in a minute. <laughs> what else is on your list? I think, I think we might have a little chat about why Carrie Lam isn't in Beijing at the moment. Well, we everybody else is, aren't they? That, hey, it's a place to be in the winter. Um, and we might also have a little chat about these new figures from the Police Welfare Fund. Very interesting. So every year we get this, she only had three tea leaves in her cup yesterday. That means she's not doing X, Y and Z. Um, it's kind of like a bus. You know, we're, we're talking those... about a system which has transparency definitely not built into its DNA. So normally you get... Um, the Sino bustling up to Beijing. In fact, she'd go there for the opening of, a, of a, an envelope if she could. But bustling up to, to Beijing to, to give a work, work report to the bosses. And it's usually now. And it hasn't happened. All right, Steve, sit tight. We'll be back in just a little while. Let's get to our weather. Yay, okay, Steve, take it away. Well, we, we, we were just very briefly before the break starting to talk about whether there's any significance in the fact that Carrie Lam is not at the moment in Beijing. This is precisely the time at which 
the chief executive is supposed to be in Beijing giving their annual work reports to the bosses and kowtowing them do all the other stuff that they do so well. Why isn't she there? Why hasn't she been invited? We don't know. What we do know is that the rumor mill is is as alight Always. with comment about, <laughs> or, but even more so than normal, on whether that means that that um, a carry ship is out of favor or not. We don't know that because, as I say, there's no transparency in the system. All right, what are people saying? But we do know. Yeah. Well, we do know that the usual suspects by which I mean the people who do what they're told, have been emboldened to be much more critical of Carrie Lam personally and of her administration, much more critical. Now, these are people who don't step out their front doors without checking with the liaison office as to whether stepping out of the front door is the sort of thing they should be doing. So one can only assume that they've even been given the go-ahead to make these criticisms or... The liaison officer says, well, you know, break a leg if you've got something to say, why don't you say it? Those are, I think, the big range of possibilities. These guys are like fates in a Georgian play. You just wish, like, why don't just be quiet. Be quiet. They just, they give, you know, the... the... Well, I think, <laughs> you know, the, the fact of the matter is that we've had a terrible year followed, uh, sorry, which followed on from another pretty bad year. Yeah, yeah. Not a single person in the administration has been called to account. Not anybody has admitted any fault for all the things that have happened in the last 18 months. And there is a very strong suggestion that, as they say in that fabulous Cantonese expression, someone's got to go and eat the dead cat. (laughs) Okay. So who will that be? I, I mean... You know, you know, I think the main reason that, that Carrie Lam is still deputy mayor or whatever it is, the job that she's supposed to be doing at the moment, who knows, is that they simply haven't made their mind, by they, of course, I mean the bosses in Beijing, haven't made their minds up about who they want to replace her yeah. and whether they can actually find anybody who's less... It's worse. like a weird hokey-cokey, this thing, one week in, the next week out, according to various sources. I mean, I don't envy... I mean, you know, we may well, <laughs> we may well come up to the end of her term of office... <clears throat> and all the um, goons will be instructed to vote for her in the election commission. Remember, it's only 1,200 people, quite easy to get the result you want if that's what happens. Unfortunately, Carrie Lam famously only managed to get 777 votes last time round, but, you know, that was enough to see off her, her opponent, young Mr Tang. So we'll, we'll see. Oh, sorry, not young Mr Tang, that was the election before. Let's go to a couple of... More messages, if we may. Some some very logical questions coming our way this morning. Uh, Colin's back. He said, he's just, he thinks you're Mystic Meg. It's brilliant. He said, uh, Steve, early days, but what about once vaccinated and travelling? Exemptions lifted, possibly? I mean, he's not well, going to know, of course, Colin. Yeah. But <laughs> ain't, ain't, that, ain't that a worry? I mean, if you're vaccinated... In theory, even if you go to a place where there's contamination, you'll be vaccinated. That's what it's supposed to do. Yes. What hasn't been proven, and all the tests in the world can't prove whether the vaccine is infallible in this case. Sure. Therefore, we don't know. And, and, And the scientists say this very often, to be fair. They're not obscuring this as a problem. We don't know whether a, a new strain of the vaccine in another location, wherever people travel to in Hong Kong, people Indeed. are inveterate travellers. They're already talking about a new strain in the UK, aren't they? 
they are. But we don't know whether that is immune, sorry, that that will overcome the barrier of the vaccine. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we ain't out of the woods yet. I mean, I'd love to be out of the woods, but the idea that, that, that there's some magic wand, the vaccine will come along, everything's going to be zippity-doo-dah, just don't see that as happening. Don't, don't you get the impression that people in Hong Kong, because of their kicking back against the mainland vaccine, etc., they're fully aware of that, that we ain't out of the whatever you've been saying yet? People here are amazingly aware. First of all, and it can't be overstressed, Hong Kong was given a dire early warning with the SARS experience of mm. people here. We really know what it's like to be in the middle of an epidemic. Secondly, Hong Kong people are prone to traveling because internal tourism is really quite limited. So, yes, I think people here are almost, I wouldn't say the most aware people in the world, but among most aware people in the world. I think that is a fact. One more question on this topic, and it's bright again on our Facebook page. Excellent question. He says, are other countries going to accept Hong Kong people with the China vaccine? (laughs) Hey, I haven't thought about that, but it... it, it it's logic, so, isn't it? Dominoes. What What is almost certainly going to happen is in the same way as at the moment, you have to, to go from A to B, produce yep. a little letter saying, I've been tested by Dr. So-and-so, and he says, I haven't got um, the virus. I wonder if rapidly coming on the heels of that, you will have to produce a document saying, I've been inoculated i've been i've been given the coronavirus vaccine Stands to reason now if that is the case and the question that's just been asked goes to that will other na- other jurisdictions be confident that an inoculation with the sinovac does the job i don't know the answer to that Right, Cat says, would Steve please comment... I forgot all about this, Cat. Would Steve please comment on the rising Bauhinia party? Say again, sorry? Would Steve... The rising... The Bauhinia, the new... Um, oh, the Bauhinia loyal party. Opposi- the new loyal opposition <coughs> well, party. Well, here you go, here you go. <laughs> I think you now, will, Now, the Kat. Bauhinia party <laughs> is, is, is very interesting, and Cat and is quite right to raise it. And it also is interesting in the context of what is the future of Carrie Lam. Are the boys in Beijing happy with the existing coalition of pro-China parties? Do they think it needs to be beefed up? Do they think, for example, the DAB ain't up to the job and therefore they need another force? Do they think, indeed, that they can produce a political cadre within a political party which will start taking over roles in government? It looks very much... As though this Bohemia party, which, you know, it's not run by big league names. It's run by people who who sort of are on the fringes of pro-China politics and have rather marginal um, uh, business careers, although they're all described as being business people. But they seem to be very well financed, which is always a good sign if you're going to start a political party. They're getting very favourable coverage in the um, Quisling media. So you assume that that doesn't come out of nowhere. I just think it's another factor in the shake-up that inevitably has followed the, the 
political protests and the handling of the coronavirus crisis. I think it's also a bit of a trial balloon. Yeah. Because the, the, the people, the controllers of Hong Kong sitting in Beijing, or those people who are sitting appropriately in Bohemia Villa across the way in Shenzhen, they've got very bad intelligence about what's going on in Hong Kong. And they're forever starting trial balloons saying, well, maybe we'll do this, we'll give this a go. And then if it doesn't work, they'll disavow it. And they say, oh, I've never heard of the Bohemia Party, who are they? Oh, we never gave them the go ahead to, to, to start. So, yeah, I wonder how that will pan out. For the last two or three weeks, Nige has basically taken my next question out of my mouth. Do you remember a few weeks ago I said, are we going to see more infighting? I must say I've seen, I've seen hints of it in stuff we read in the news. He says, isn't it nice to have two factions fighting over us? I'm so flattered. We must have something special. Two factions? Everybody thinks that the DAB is going to get on like a house on fire, but they're human beings and they're going to have scraps. So maybe this is the extra element that's been thrown in. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I mean... Uh, uh, and again, you know, people who confidently say, oh, well, this is clearly uh, an initiative started by Beijing, they're not necessarily right. I think this could well be some very ambitious local, in fact, two of the founders are from the mainland, but never mind, um, local people who yeah. think, hey, I'll tell you what, we got a chance here to, to get into the action, to know the answers. Interesting times indeed. Um, Bright, we still don't know the virus came out of China because it was also found in Europe in early stages. I haven't got a clue, mate. Absolutely not a clue. Well, that, that is the new line that's developing within the Chinese media that uh, Wuhan never heard of it. There was lots of virus it's, going isn't around it in India Europe. Now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Take your pick. All right, the, well, the fact of the matter is yeah. that there was a serious infection spreading from that um, market in Wuhan. And I don't think, unless you're a, a, a complete, hmm, let me think of a word I can say on radio, yeah. a complete not very thinking person, you could deny that. Whether there were other sources, there were other viruses going around, I would think that's entirely possible. Indeed. One more for the road. Quick one for the road, then. I, I'm thinking I'm very interested in a malicious sort of way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you're, the police are going around accusing all these people who are collecting money of money laundering. So if you've collected money for a pro-democracy cause, you're, you're obviously a money launder, launderer and you've got to be arrested. And by the way, we'll raid your house at 6.30 in the morning and take you out in chains, all that business. So now we hear that the police welfare fund during the protests, managed to acquire a rather staggering $180 million, that's 26 times more than it had the year before, mm -hmm. of which, and I speak as someone who is also in my other life in the catering trade, of which 65 million went on catering. You know, 65 million is an awful lot of money for, 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 for bowls of noodles, um, perhaps the old bag of crisps and possibly a hot drink. I, I have no idea what goes on in the police welfare fund. But I do know <coughs> there's an extraordinary sum of money was swirling around in there. And funnily enough, nobody's looked into it too carefully. I wonder why that is. Why, why hasn't that happened? Answers on no postcards ever.
This is a bit puzzling, Steve, because as another person that works for the government, if somebody sent me $100 and said, there you go, son, buy yourself a beer, at the very least, I'd get disemboweled. You would. And, and if you it's had any big, sense... It's a big, big no-no. And I'm not accusing you of having any sense, but if you had <laughs> any sense, you, you'd say, I don't want any of that, thank you very much. I'm a public servant. I don't, you know, <coughs> um, don't do that. So, yeah. This is another way of paying money. Admittedly, I suppose the difference is that it's not paid directly to individuals. So that's the get out of jail. But if it sent it to you, I'd still get disemboweled, wouldn't I? <laughs> anyway. Would. And, and, and can I just say, rightly so. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, Steve. That's where we're going to leave it. Thank you very much for your time, as always. Steve Vines back with James Ross next week at this time here on The Morning Brew.